a lot of this is just a beautiful tension, isn't it? Between yeah. blessing and protecting of the soft skills, the hard skills, then also investing in yourself in a way that also helps others. And that's why it's ongoing journey and process. Welcome to the Imperfectly Empowered Podcast with leading DIY lifestyle blogger, Anna Fulmer, where women are inspired with authentic stories and practical strategies to reclaim their hearts and homes by empowering transformation, one imperfect day at a time. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Empowered Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Fulmer. Today on the podcast, we have Justin Thomas. Justin is a national board-certified health and wellness coach trained in integrative medicine, as well as a successful entrepreneur, having started and operated multiple seven-figure businesses across various industries. He is the co-founder of the C.L. Thomas Fellowship, a nonprofit mentoring organization currently serving people in America and Ireland. Featured in Forbes, Fox, Faith Driven Entrepreneur, and JAMA Internal Medicine, welcome podcast host and author, Justin Thomas. Justin, welcome to the podcast. Ah, so great to be here. Thanks, Anna. It's great to have you. I read your book. So for everyone listening and watching, book is right here. And like so many people in your journey, what I love hearing about people's stories, where you are today, some people it starts with loss, some people it starts with maybe it's not personal loss, maybe it's such a job loss or some sort of significant challenge that kind of forces you to pivot and reevaluate your life. And this was true of your story. And it started with a loss. So tell us a little bit about POP. Yeah. Well, once again, thanks for having me on here. And yeah. uh, so I appreciate you diving into the book here and the story. It's a very personal one. And so my story really started as a typical day, like many of us, right? We start our work week out and I was in the office. I was a, uh, at the time, CEO of a small tech company and kind of in traditional stereotypical fashion, we're in this hip co-working space and really cool and modern and I go into the office, first one there, trying to plan out the day, and I get this text message. And this text message was CHP, which my dad would use to say, call house phone, because he was just getting into texting at the time, <laughs> and about as far as he could go was some acronyms. And to him, it was like, hey, call the house phone when you can. And it's kind of unusual, you know, on a Monday morning, getting that text message from him. So I'm like, gosh, you know, like, I had my to-do list, and you kind of like, yeah, frame yeah. of mind, what you have on your day there. And so I'm like, all right, let me call house phone. So I called the house phone and someone answers, but it's not my father's voice. And it was one of his uh, best friends, actually. And he said, Justin, your father's passed away. He just died of a heart attack. And as you can imagine, it's just such hard news to mm-hmm. ever hear of. And it was sudden, right? This was sudden. very unexpected. It's not like you were expecting... Yeah. And it's so so sad too. Yeah. It's so sad because you have cardiovascular disease is one of the the top killers in America, but at the same time, it's just so unexpected when someone has a heart attack and yeah, just out of the blue, you know, I was starting Mm -hmm. on my day, just like everyone else on a Monday morning thinking like, Hey, what do I have on my to-do list today? And I get that text message. And once again, I'm not expecting anything other than to hear my father's voice. And I get the exact opposite and find out that he's just passed away. Yeah. Yeah. So you, this started a whole process that many people are familiar with, maybe more than ever, thanks to COVID in the last two years and this having to pivot very quickly, not only just in your own personal life, but just the practical nature of what it means to suddenly lose somebody. If you haven't experienced it, 
there's a lot of practical things that have to happen that you don't process if you've never done it before. Just arranging a funeral, figuring out, especially when it's sudden and it maybe hasn't been planned out, but a casket, the service, who's doing what, putting together something as simple as collecting photos and putting together a slideshow for a service when you're not expecting it and it's sudden. There's so much that happens all at one time. And something that you highlighted in the book that I think a lot of people can resonate with is there's almost this, you're on survival mode. You're suddenly like having to pound out all of these things to get it done. Initially, you enter this leadership position where you just need to get it done. And then the water settles a little bit and suddenly it's like, oh, wait, now it's time to grieve. What does Mm -hmm. that look like? And you pointed out two things, and I just want to talk about the grieving process a little bit. You mentioned that one, the importance of active reflection to heal in that grieving process. And you also mentioned that the grieving process is like the seasons. So talk to us a little bit about what active reflection looks like and how you use that to heal. And then the concept of grieving like seasons, grieving in seasons. I'm so glad you brought that up because fortunately we don't think about it, but we're all going to lose our parents, right? Right. I mean, hopefully most of us have great relationships with our parents and at some time you are going to lose them. I mean, that's just the nature of life. And for some reason, we we don't acknowledge this, right? And it's such a surprise and it's odd that we don't prepare ourselves for the moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, As I think back, it was something that I never actively prepared for or thought about. Mm -hmm. And it's not as if you want to necessarily, you don't want right. to walk around with this weight on your shoulders. At the same time, you think, well, why wasn't I more prepared for this? Yeah. And fortunately for me, I had a very wise mother. And so here she is grieving her lost love of her life. And then she's able to help me out. So I'm mm-hmm. the oldest of three. And she probably could sense that I was, as I said, I reflect on how to mask on of I was so in the mindset of just completing the to-do items, as you mentioned, just like this avalanche of activities that happens after a loved one dies that you need to do. And one of the moments I remember is that we were actually at the bank just trying to get access to one of my father's accounts. And they thought I was a lawyer. Like, I think it was because I was so just maybe stoic and trying to just business-like. And so my mother being wise and probably seeing this firsthand, she actually sent me a book. And it was a really helpful one on the grieving process that described grief like the seasons. And what is the name of that book? We'll include it in the show notes on my blog. What is the name of the book? Yeah. Let me send you a link afterwards. I think okay. it's, I've got it in my notes in the book as well. Perfect. And yeah. it's grief I can't like remember the, seasons. the name of it. Okay. We'll put a link on with the show notes. And it was such a just a thoughtful gift that she provided for me. Yeah. And what it did was it just, it helped me appreciate the fact that you can't rush through the seasons, right? So here we are having this conversation in January. It's winter for most of us. And you don't like the cold. You still have to go through winter right. to then get to spring. And it's up to us with how we go about that journey. And so the book helped me appreciate like, hey, this is the season I'm in and just acknowledge it mm-hmm. and then learn from it. And it's a season. And yeah. it's not going to last forever. But at the same time, we don't know exactly like when the snow is going to come, when the ice mm-hmm. storm is going to come. And you just have to be prepared for it and acknowledge it, make the best of it and learn from it. And so that was a very helpful resource at the time, being a young father myself and being in a leadership role in this tech company, I thought I had a lot on my plate. And at the same time, I really wasn't emotionally 
prepared for mm-hmm. that grieving process. And mm-hmm. the book helped me. So I hope that's a helpful resource for those who be going through that process. Mm-hmm. And I would like to say too, so we're coming up on the five-year anniversary of my father passing away. And it's not as if you just go through grief in one winter cycle, right. you know, the seasons come and go. Yep. And, and I think people give themselves some grace if they feel like I'm still in the fog, that may be the seasons again, right? Mm-hmm. And it could mm-hmm. be triggered by the holidays, mm-hmm. an empty seat at the table. And so it's a complicated process of living through grief. And so I'm so thankful for my mom to give me that resource. And also I'm thankful for a friend that helped me process it, as you mentioned, through this active reflection. And so yeah. for me, what that looked like was I had family and friends supporting me, especially that first couple of weeks saying, Justin, I'm so sorry I heard about your father. And one friend actually said, you should write this down. Like you need to journal this, Justin, mm-hmm. because I was sharing some of the lessons learned and the activities I was doing kind of the firstborn son taking on mm-hmm. some of the responsibilities of the planning. And he said, Justin, you need to write this down. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful he did because it helped me learn this practice of active reflection of taking time to consider and just a little bit of like a mindfulness practice of mm-hmm. how's my body feeling? Like, what are the thoughts going through my mm-hmm. mind here? What are the things that have stood out through the last week in this experience? And that helped lead to the book and some of the stories mm-hmm. there that I'm so grateful for, because it's hard to capture the emotions unless you actually capture the emotions in the present time. Yeah. I love that concept. You mentioned journaling. And I think what I appreciated about that idea of active reflection For right or for wrong, I think it's more often geared toward women. Women tend to be more inclined to journal or to write things. Just the whole concept of journaling is very much geared toward women, I think, for whatever reason. And I love how you highlight the importance of it just from a healing standpoint. So you mentioned a couple of things, but just to recap, especially speaking to male listeners or for the women listening, maybe their husbands, their spouse, their brother, their father, somebody is going through a process, whether it be job loss or personal loss, and they're grieving. Speak to them for a second. You mentioned a couple of things, but tell them what they can write down. You don't have to have this Mm. eloquent, like, soliloquy, like just tell them what are simple things that they can be writing in a journal that will help them with this process of active reflection. Yeah. Another great resource. If you are just new to journaling and you want some guidance, the resource that that I've used and currently do is five minute journal. It's something very simple Mm. and easy. And how it's designed is in the morning, it asks you a couple questions to start your day off and allows you to say, you know, what would make today great? And Mm. It has a prompting question of affirmation about Mm -hmm. yourself. And then at the end of the day, it just has a couple other questions too. And to say, what was great about today? And then Mm -hmm. there's something that you want to learn from today. What's that? And so that's a nice journal that prompts you with some questions that right. you don't have to think about it because it's a lot not of just times, a blank piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, that, that can be very intimidating, very intimidating. Like, I don't know what the heck to write. I don't know what I'm feeling. Yeah. So the right. five minute journal is what Justin just said. The five minute journal. Very helpful resource if you want to do that. And if you are the type of person that journaling is a little bit easier, then you may notice that give yourself kind of a time limit to say, hey, I'll do this for just five minutes. And it takes the pressure off a little bit even, or maybe put some constraints in case you go too long. And so sometimes just having that time goal is nice to say, I'm just gonna let it flow. Like, you know, give me five minutes and let's see what happens. I'll get a cup of coffee and journal with it. Because the practice of checking in with yourself is one that I didn't appreciate before going through this grieving process and getting into health coaching. It's this idea of just 
really being self-aware is a really powerful one. Yeah. Yeah. And I would throw in there too, for men listening, and again, for women who are referring men to listen to this, is two very, very simple questions and write these down. Simple questions to just ask yourself every day, especially if you are going through a grieving process and just don't even know where to start. The simple answer, one, how do I feel right now? Just simply write down, you can write one word, angry, sad, frustrated, hopeful, whatever it is, just answer that one word. Cause that's what Justin just said. That is going to be a simple, straightforward, get to the point in touch with how do you actually feel right now? And then number two would be, what am I grateful for right now? Just those two questions, I think will help in a very simple way. Five minutes, like he said, you can answer both those questions in five minutes. Lots of ideas here, guys, for you to be able to journal simply without (laughs) feeling the intimidation of a blank page. So the five-minute journal, and then certainly the advice that Justin just gave. What would you say initially? So your father passed away. You mentioned you were in the business world, in this entrepreneur world. And then you made this move into health coaching. And many people might be like, well, that is a really strange... (laughs) I mean, people have done that with me too. They look at my resume and they're like, what? It's like hard to reconcile all of these really random things that I have expertise in. So tell us a little bit about that transition for you and what moved you from the entrepreneur world and the business world to health coaching. Hey parents. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love? Well, we made one just for you. And for us. As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews, stories, and on-the-ground reporting. We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's my version of hammers and hugs. It's, yeah, it's uh, exactly tech right. and coaching, right? Um, <laughs> that's right. So yeah, there's a great saying in business, you don't want to let a good crisis go to waste. And mm. meaning that you need to learn from these moments. And so for me, I'm very fortunate that here I am thinking that I'm on a plan and a trajectory in yeah. my career. And then my father passes away and it gives me the opportunity to reflect not only on his life, but on my own. Mm. And it gave me just this sense that maybe this isn't the right path for me that I'm on professionally. And what if I made a change? And so there are some wise counselors that will say, don't make any large changes in the first year of a loss. And what I would say to that is that's true. And also listen to your own story and journey because you Mm -hmm. know your story and journey the best. And so Mm -hmm. for me, there had been a little bit of discussion with my wife of, maybe this isn't the right career for me long-term given the amount of stress and given the amount of uphill work that was happening Mm. and maybe some passions were elsewhere. And so during that bereavement time and getting back into the office, I thought, what if I tried to live up my father's legacy? And I had the opportunity to reflect and share a toast at his funeral. And it was more like an Irish wake. It was great. Like we had, uh, we rented out a bar and people came and there was that slideshow and there's little tables with notebooks and people could like write notes and memories about my father's life. And he lived a pretty crazy life and had an interesting life. And so a lot of different passions too. And so 
it was just almost just an Irish way, like the best way of describing yeah. it. And did so, he grow up in Ireland? Are you first generation or did? No, that's a good question. I actually did my, uh, my wife and I lived in Ireland for a year. Okay. And I went to get my MBA in Ireland before okay. doing that tech CEO role. Yeah. And so we have some Irish roots, probably like many Americans, but nothing direct like that. Like, I gotcha. You know, okay. Um, but for me, I guess maybe the experience of being in Ireland, seeing that pub culture and seeing, mm. you know, how they go about life there. It was just the right setting for him. And I had the chance to just deliver a toast. So I'm standing on, like, imagine a, an erected DJ booth. It's not, right, you know, very right. not traditional. And I just had this one page toast and I just wanted to challenge myself. What's the one word that I could use to describe my father? And I used the word provider. And so mm. to me, what that meant was he just did an excellent job providing for others in a variety of different ways. And so here I am getting back into the work workplace after going through his loss, the funeral, the toast. And I'm just thinking, I don't want to be here. Like, I don't yeah. really, this, this world of like custom software development just doesn't seem to be my calling in life. Mm-hmm. After you're forced to face death and go through the grieving process, you just, you know, what it's a gift to say, what do I really want to do with my life? And so yeah. ironically enough, what I wanted to do was encourage others to be a provider and I chose the path of quitting my job right. to explore that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, that's really funny. Okay, so tell us a little bit about that. So you quit your job. You ended up going to get a certification in integrative medicine. And right. you transitioned then into this provider. I guess the first question, and we will dig into this provider mentality and expertise, how to serve as a provider without burning out in the second half. But when you say provider, first define for us, what is a provider? What is that definition? Yeah, it's funny because you look up in the dictionary, it's like one who provides, which doesn't really help too much, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then the definition that I give it, it's one who blesses and protects. So provider equals bless plus protect. And that's the motto. It's straightforward Mm -hmm. and simple. And it was inspired by reflecting on the life and legacy of my father and how he did that. And so, yeah, I would encourage listeners to just redefine what it means to provide, not that kind of stereotypical financial provider yeah. aspect of it, but it, it just sells itself so short. And so what I've been doing is exploring this role and identity of provider and trying to challenge myself into, how do I do that? First, it was a journey of just, all right, like how do I bless and protect others? How do I bless and protect others? And then you realize, well, that's a good strategy in life and a good heart. However, maybe not sustainable. And especially Mm. as I got into this world of health coaching, it made me appreciate, well, actually the goal and the secret sauce here is how can you provide for yourself that allows you to serve others in a more Mm. sustainable way? And so how I got there, it was just, I think I'm an accidental health coach in one way, because here I am thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do with my career, but what I want to do is quit my job and explore this concept of being a provider. Mm -hmm. And so I started a I started a nonprofit and I named it after my father, the Seal Thomas Fellowship. And the idea was to recruit a class, a small group of guys to kick off the first year. And let's explore this concept of being a provider. And each mm-hmm. month we take on a new habit and try it out. And I was fortunate enough to be part of some mentoring programs in the past to model like what it looks like to be intentional in community. But I wanted to do it under this umbrella in the theme of being a provider. And so mm-hmm. I put in my notice, put the job, launched the nonprofit. And then my goal was, okay, well, let me just put some structure around this nonprofit, but it's not going to be what is going to be provided for my family, right? Financially, mm-hmm. I need to figure that out. And right, along right. the way, 
it's so cool to like, once you have this goal, you clarify your vision, people will like find you, right? Mm -hmm. And I was doing a marketing video to promote this fellowship group and this nonprofit. And a mentor of mine was doing B-roll. Like it was a B-roll footage mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. And he didn't even know what B-roll was. He thought like yeah. he was actually giving a talk. Yeah. And so he prepared like a real talk. And it was so nice of him to do this. And I'm sitting there acting like I know what's going on. Like I'm in B-roll and I'm acting like I'm listening to my mentor, but he's sharing his life story. And he mentions that he did this health coaching training program at mm. Duke Integrated Medicine and how it was one of the most practical trainings that he's ever had. And here's mm. this guy, like a mentor of mine, very successful. He's been a CFO, he's a CPA, he's a counselor, like he's gotten all these different, you know, mm. master's degree in counseling. And so, but here he is talking about this health coaching certification. And I don't know what that means or what that yeah. is, but here I am without a job and not really know, know what I'm going to do. And I thought, well, this might make me a better small group facilitator and leader. So I signed up and that's how I became an accidental health coach. An accidental health coach. I love it. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to do a speed round of this or that with Justin, learn a little bit more about him. And then we're going to dig into his expert advice on how to lead through service, being a provider, what that looks like practically without burning out right when we come back. You have tried it all. Worried you will never lose the extra weight or reclaim the energy you once enjoyed? Want to achieve fat loss without spending hours in a gym or eliminating entire food groups from your diet? Well, now you can. In the virtual Faster Way to Fat Loss with Anna, my six-week fitness and nutrition program, you will learn how to pair effective 30-minute workouts with all-natural evidence-based nutritional strategies to leverage what you eat and when you eat to reset your metabolism and burn fat fast, even that stubborn belly fat. I am a dual certified nurse practitioner passionate about teaching sustainable strategies to promote fat loss and prevent disease. I have cheered on thousands of clients who have done just that with the Faster Way program. In my six-week program, the average client currently sheds seven inches of body fat. 93% report more energy and 89% state that their mental health has improved. 100% of clients report they feel this program is sustainable. Curious to try the program, but not sure if the strategies will work for you? Try the Faster Way strategies for free. Head to www.hammersandhugs.com and sign up for my free seven-day fat loss accelerator course today and start your own transformation story. All right. We're back here with Justin. Justin, you get two options, this or that. You don't have to think about it too hard. No stress. Coffee, hot or iced? Hot. Do you have a favorite coffee drink? Counterculture coffee here in Durham, North Carolina. It's a great ah. so just straight up black coffee. Mm -hmm. I've actually heard that before. My brother and sister-in-law and aunt live in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, great. Yes. So I have heard of counterculture. Counterculture coffee. Would you rather visit Ireland or Scotland? Oh, Ireland all the way. So we need to chat offline about Ireland. And where's one place in Ireland that people need to go when they visit Ireland? I would say County Donegal. It's in the Northwest kind of area of Ireland. Harder to get to, yeah. but rustic and amazing cliff views. Cliff views. Okay. Burger or hot dog? Burger. Dog or cat? Dog. <laughs> well, I'm not going to disagree with you there. Water skiing or scuba diving? Oh, let's go uh, water skiing. Yeah. I like to be uh, above water. Oh yeah. <laughs> On top of the water instead of under yeah. it. All right. Last one. Would you rather camp or go to the beach? Camp. 
Do you have a favorite camping spot? You guys campers? Yeah. So we've got some property in Floyd, Virginia that we'll go to Oh, fun. Uh, some family property up there, which is fun. Uh-huh. And then part of our life adventure in the COVID world was we got an RV. And so, you know, That's we did so some, uh, some glamber camping. <laughs> you know what? It's still camping. It just may look a little different. Everyone's That's version right. of camping is very subjective. <laughs> yes. And it's a great adventure too. I mean, talk about uh, learning how to work through problems and yeah. troubleshoot and learn a lot of new skills. Like a house on wheels is a big responsibility, a big deal. So that's yeah. been one of my, I'd love to put that on LinkedIn as a skill is learning how to drive an RV. Learning how to drive an RV. I mean, just camping in general is kind of a skill in and of itself. Like tent camping is a whole nother, you like need a degree on how to set up a tent alone. <laughs> um, at least my tent. So we're talking about how to be a provider. We've defined it. It's this concept of blessing and protecting. And I love that sort of duality, if you will. I think for men, especially, we don't necessarily think about the blessing piece of it as a provider, as opposed to the protection, I think is more classically suggested, whether it be through media or even just generational concepts of what it looks like to be a provider. So tell us a little bit, one, about that concept of investing in yourself in order to be a better provider, and then how that translates into ultimately blessing and protecting. So to kind of tell us a little bit about what that looks like from a health coaching standpoint, how you are using that to teach people to serve themselves in order to better serve others, and then how that translates into blessing and protecting. A lot of this is just a beautiful tension, isn't it? Like between blessing and protecting of the soft skills, the hard skills, then also investing in yourself in a way that also helps others. And so that's why it's just this ongoing journey and process. Mm. And so how I describe it is we all tend to start in the default nature of just kind of passive living. Like it's just yeah. our default nature is, you know, not good or bad. It's just like how we are. Where you go to work, you of, make the money, you pay the bills, right. try to stay out of debt, try to be a good yeah. father. Yeah. And, and those are like, you're trying, right? Like you're right. Just living right. life. You're trying to do that. And then you realize, well, with some intentionality, you can change your world. And so what I found is that there's those two kind of levels to pull there. You've got the blessing and protecting. And so if you want to start to be more intentional with blessing yourself and blessing others, that's great. And that's a great place to start. And depending on your personality type, like for me, that's where I started. Like it was just easier and more natural to say, how can I be more generous and bless others in my life? Like, mm-hmm. you know, what are some small acts of kindness, whether that's making coffee for my wife in the morning or buying a stranger a meal? Those are just nice, fun examples or being yeah. more intentional with friends' birthdays. And what I found was there's also a risk with that is that if you go too far down the blessing route, mm-hmm. that you become like Santa. Like it's yeah. like a good yeah. figure. And everyone loves Santa Claus, but it's not that person's going to give you that hard word or be with yeah. you in those hard moments. So I learned that as well. Like there's that blessing, which is part of becoming a provider. But if you just focus on that skill, then there's a risk of just staying there and you're mm-hmm. not able to fully provide for yourself or for others. And so I had to talk myself up to have more hard conversations. Mm-hmm. And I learned that through the health coaching training program where they just throw you in the deep end. They're just like, you want to learn how to be a coach? All right, you and you, you're going to pair up, you're going to coach and we're going to tell you what you do wrong. <laughs> you know? yeah, they yeah. did that in a more friendly way. Yeah. And what the feedback that I kept getting was, yeah, it was too kind of like in that Santa blessing and not mm-hmm. in the protecting of a world of when someone tells you something hard, you can't just brush that off. You can't just yeah. say like, ah, oh, well, like, aren't you glad that that happened because of this? And it's just, it's really insensitive. And I never meant it to be that way. But what I realized was I was just kind of staying in that 
blessing bubble and not being willing to go into that protecting mm. habit building mm. phase of my personal development. And what that could look like for some of us that is hard is just acknowledge a hard moment. Don't gloss over it. Yeah. And at the same time, maybe ask the more difficult question with someone to say, mm-hmm. is that true? Like, do you really want to do that? Or yeah. you know, what I'm seeing in, in your life right now is different from what you're telling me. That's, those are hard conversations, but that's yeah. what being a provider is all about. It's combining those two, blessing and protecting. And then it's even more difficult. It's like, you want to do that for others, but you got to do that for yourself as well. Yeah. And so like, how, yeah. do you, how do you do that? And it's by building yeah. healthy habits and trying the best you can to have a compelling vision. And that's what I love doing is mm. encouraging others to say, hey, we have this general definition of being a provider, bless and protect. What does that mean to you? Like, think about the vision of you are operating at your best providing for yourself and others. What does that look like? And just to ask someone to reflect on that, mm-hmm. going back to our earlier conversation about active reflecting, that could be a really good prompt to start that journaling habit is mm-hmm. I'm at my ideal best as a provider when I'm doing the following for myself and when I'm doing the following for others. Mm-hmm. And just like see what that is. And everyone's got their different version of a provider vision. And once you have that provider vision, then just experiment, try yeah. different habits around blessing, and protecting and stretch yourself yeah. and just acknowledge like, Hey, based on your personality, where do you tend to default to yeah. passiveness or that Santa, or maybe like you're in that soldier kind of field of like protecting too much and right, right. you don't have that emotional intelligence to go along with it. So yeah. that's yeah. been part of the exploration of what does it mean to be a provider for yourself and others? What do you find when you work with men? You know, I think one of the things that I'm hearing and that would make sense to me is in order to truly dive into, especially you mentioned emotional intelligence. And I think that's, again, by nature, nurture, whatever, are harder sometimes for men to do, to tap into that sort of the emotional intelligence piece. And some of it just has to do with our own mental and emotional blocks in life or insecurities, et cetera, that kind of come to play. If you could sum up for the men that you have worked with in your experience, if you could sum up the blocks that the men experience to really being able to dig in, in one word, what would it be or phrase? Like, what is that one challenge that you find most consistently men experience to being able to dig a little bit deeper there and reach their full potential? That's a great question. The one that reminds me of another prompting question that relates to this, it's, you know, your values when the opposite really angers you, Hmm. meaning that we have all these buzzwords or back in the days when we go to offices and you see on the walls, integrity and honesty, yeah. and, you know, all these responsibility. Yeah. And those are all good things. Yet, you know, what's a real genuine value when the opposite anchors you. And so for me, and then going back to your question about, you know, what helps people kind of break through with that, it's this making sure that you're vetting your actions so that they're not selfish. And that's a hard conversation, Mm -hmm. meaning that if you want to go on this self-improvement, self-development provider journey, and you want to think about doing this in a way that's going to truly provide for yourself and serve others better, then there's there's this kind of enemy of selfishness that just kind of lurks in the corner to say, sometimes with the men I work with, it's it's awakening this lion of like, oh man, I've had this passion to that I haven't done and now I'm going to do it. Like, yeah. yeah. And then- and Do you think, find okay, fear of good. failure part of that at all? Like for women, I think there's a lot of feelings of, I'm not sure if I'm enough. 
to do this, like kind of a sense of insecurity and a fear of not being enough or worthy Mm. of being able to fulfill this like somebody else might be. Do you find that with men or is it, or is the struggle a little different? Well, so I would say that I've seen both. So certainly the idea of the guy that goes too far in the extreme of just now it's all about him. And I've got to Mm. coach him back to say, all right, man, like, I love that you got this passion, but how is this serving others? Like, it's Mm. not just about blessing, protecting yourself. It's about how is this passion blessing, protecting others in your life? And then also, absolutely. I find that men are cut down to the core when they get a stinging word from their spouse, partner, Mm. or their manager. Mm. It is hard. I mean, it tears them down in a way that they may not show it emotionally, but it impacts how they relate to their family members. And so what often happens is you've got a guy who's not feeling respected at work and then he brings that disrespect home. And then he's not the father and the husband he wants to be because he's not able to process that. And I'm speaking from experience of being in that leadership role in that tech company. Mm. I would have days of feeling gosh, you know, here I am like, I'm CEO and I'm being disrespected by this person, that person. And I didn't realize it, but I was holding on to that disrespect feeling, bringing that home and adding that stress into my marriage. So that's not the goal here. Right. But the goal is to be able to be self-aware enough to know that, Hey, I've got this feeling of maybe insecurity, disrespect, and I'm bringing that into this relationship. How can I handle that and process that more? So I mean, we're complicated beings and that's, what's been fascinating about getting into health coaching it's not that I know everything about the best diet. It's that I've been exposed to theories, behavioral health theories, and the positive psychology behind like, we tend not to be logical when it comes to our habits. And we have Mm. these desires, but our actions don't follow those desires. And it's because we're complicated beings. And we got to do a lot of work to identify an authentic vision for ourselves that's going to propel us forward when we want to make changes, but we don't. Yeah. So I'm hearing this concept of initially working through Words are big. It's so interesting. I've heard this very consistently with male guests and talking about male clients or people that they've worked with. And I think it's good for us to hear as women, the importance of words, especially if you have key male figures in your life. I have to be reminded of this. I'm very blunt. (laughs) My husband will be the first one to say this. Like, I will say what I mean. And I mean what I say. So there's advantages to that. There's also disadvantages to that because there's times where it's like, oh, that could have been said with much more grace. (laughs) So I think it's a takeaway for women too, to also be very conscious of how you are building people up, but be aware that men hear what you say and may take it to heart in a way that you have no idea. So use opportunities to build the men up in your life, whether it be your sons, brothers, husbands, uncles, fathers, whomever. And then two... Justin, I'm hearing you say this concept that you are helping men learn how to change their day-to-day habits in order to propel them to one, get the life that they want, but specifically as a provider who blesses and protects. Tell me a little bit about the practical ways that a guy can start making changes in his life today based on your experience that the majority of men need to start doing that aren't. What are some practical things that you recommend, whether it be in your book or something outside of it? You talk about the provider wheel. There's great challenges he has in this book. Mm-hmm. There's something called an eight-week challenge. The matter ladder, I think is awesome too. So I'm kind of giving you the floor here. What would you kind of hone in on here for people listening? Practical things they could start doing today to kind of enter that provider. Mm. 
Yeah, you know, and maybe, you know, going back to our conversation about journaling is really think about, take some time of what does an ideal provider vision look like for you? And Mm. what are you doing to bless and protect yourself and others and write that down and really test that out. And once you get that vision, I've got some suggestions of some habits to explore. And so there's four blessing habits and four protecting habits. And in the blessing side of things, Going back to this idea of the power of words, like one is called the blessing speaker and just be a blessing speaker in your own life. Mm. So give yourself some words of affirmation. It could be that five minute journal prompt or just anything. And then also understand the power that you have. Like, I think a lot of times we discount how much of a provider we are to others, meaning how much of an impact you truly have as a man in other people's lives. Absolutely. And just value the words that you say and maybe be intentional with either writing a thing or, or sending a message. Part of the challenge, that matter ladder challenge, that eight-week challenge is to do a daily thank you note to someone. Yeah. And it's so powerful to do that. And it changes yeah. kind of your mindset as you begin a day that I've really enjoyed as well. So that's something, maybe the journaling, that clarifying your provider vision would be a good start. And then maybe one example of a blessing habit would be that blessing speaker. And then one habit on the protecting side that I like a lot as a coach is the physical fitness, meaning just like stretch yourself, do something mm-hmm. in the day that you look back and say, you know, that was a stretch for me. And that could yeah. be a one minute plank. It could be an hour run, like anything in between or more or less, like, like, the, like how your mindset can change by changing your physical body, mm-hmm. uh, doing some exercises. It's just really powerful. So mm-hmm. I hope that's a couple of practical things. And I hope people are hearing like, this isn't prescriptive. It's you need to come up with a genuine vision. You right. need to come up with a genuine way of expressing being that blessing speaker and a genuine way of doing that physical activity. So that's a bless, a protect example that you know, maybe listeners can take hold of. And then I'd say too, is while I work primarily with men on the coaching side of things, you know, it's great for all of us to right. consider ourselves as Absolutely. a provider. And my wife actually in the nonprofit has started to lead a women's version of mm. it. And it's been really fun because to see how she's taken some of these concepts, you know, particularly on the physical fitness side of things to say, Hey, just, we're going to read a book about confidence. Like it has nothing to do with <laughs> the diet. It's just like, how do we increase our confidence? And that's a great start to physical fitness. So I hope listeners are encouraged by the fact that we can all be providers no matter what role we have in life. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to point out here in your book, for those of you hearing this and you're resonating with the things that he's saying, maybe there's a guy in your life, especially that you think would really benefit from Justin's story and his expertise. This book is certainly full of his story, but there's also a lot of practical things. And I just want to show you like in the end, he has what he calls this matter ladder challenge. And there is a chart here and there's practical takeaways. You can cross stuff off. There's very, very practical things that you can do with... I'm all about things being specific, not these generalized. And it's everything Mm. from write a daily note of encouragement to someone. There's weeks one through eight. Everything from that to joyfully sacrifice one hour this week for someone else. And there's check marks for that. And so it's really a beautiful... It's practical. It's a story. But there's stuff that you can actually do and use in here, which everyone here knows I'm all about. Let's get some practical takeaways, things we can actually sink our teeth into. So it's a great book. And Justin, I'm so thankful for you sharing your story. And I have absolutely no doubt that your father would be so proud of who you are today. And you're leaving a legacy for your family as well, which is amazing. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share. And if people 
want to have a free course, they can go to my website, justinthomascoaching.com. There's a free course about the matter ladder. I challenge myself to uh, talk about the eight habits over the eight weeks in just eight minutes. And so that was, it's a quick video if people want that. And thanks so much for the time and the opportunity to reflect on lessons learned and you're an inspiration as well. And thank you for the opportunity to listen in on on some of your other podcast episodes and uh, for the opportunity to share my story today. Absolutely. And you guys, we're going to have all these links included on the podcast show notes on my website at hammersandhugs.com. So for those of you listening, it is justinthomascoaching.com. And also his handles for social media are the same. And we'll make sure that all these links are on the show notes on my website. Justin, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Imperfectly Empowered Podcast. It is my honor to be here with you. I am so grateful for each and every one of you. If you are watching on YouTube, be sure to click the subscribe button below so you don't miss a show and leave a comment with your thoughts from today's episode below. If you are listening via your preferred podcasting platform, would you help keep us on the air by rating our show and leaving an honest review of your thoughts from today? In case you haven't heard it lately, your story matters and you are loved. This is your host, Anna Fulmer, and I will see you here next time on the Imperfectly Empowered Podcast.